Well, happy Father's Day to the dads out there. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I have so much fun being a dad. Go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 4 if you want to. We'll be there in just a few moments. I have so much fun being a dad. Um, it's just good times. You never know what your kids are going to say, uh, especially when they say the things that you have <laughs> or they act like you do uh, from time to time. That's um, an awkward moment, uh, but, it, but it's good. I, I have so much fun doing that. So um, we're going to celebrate today. Stasha has, uh, she's back with the kids right now, but anyway, she's prepared some stuff. So I get to go home and on Father's Day, I don't mind grilling. So she's got some things to grill. And so we're just, we're going to uh, enjoy dads today. It's, it's going to be good. We're going to continue in our series here in just a few moments. There's something else that we need to pray about quickly, though. Um, how many of you remember Dave Jenkins? He used to be here uh, on staff, so a long time ago. Um, he's, he's doing okay this morning. I want to preface that before I tell you what I'm going to tell you. Uh, and if you have Facebook, you're already aware of this. But he had a couple of heart attacks yesterday. And David's just a couple years older than me. He's not very, he's not very old at all. Um, and so he had a couple of heart attacks yesterday. And this morning, he, at some point, if he hasn't already, he's going in for a couple of procedures, just uh, stress tests. What is it, Allison, he's going in for? Heart cath. He's going in for that this morning. So can we just take a few moments? David is in Indiana right now with his family where he lives. So can we pray for David uh, real quick? Father, we just lift up David before you. And I uh, thank you for the time that he had serving years ago at this church. Thank you for the ministry that, that he was able to participate in here. God, I pray that you would cover him this morning with your healing uh, hand. And God, that you would strengthen him. Father, I ask that you provide uh, the needs that they may have. I know this is probably going to take a toll on the work and on the finances side of that. So, Father, I thank you that you would stir um, just folks around to be able to bless and to help this family as they've given of themselves as well. We thank you for he healing and strength upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for doing that. We're going to go into our series, our third week of our series today. We've been talking about evangelism, and I'm not using that word a whole lot in this series, but that's essentially what it is. We're talking about uh, when, you, when you hear evangelism, I, you kind of want to stay away from that. You know, that's only for certain, that's for Dean, that's for certain people to do that, you know, and for several of you folks who always tell me your stories about how you share your faith and all that. But, um, you know, when we talk about sharing our story, that's a little bit different. I can tell you my story. I can tell you where I've been. I can tell you what God has brought me through. I can tell you how he saved me. Um, I can tell you all these things. So that's a little bit easier. You know, that's, that's evangelism. When you're telling your story to someone who doesn't know Christ, when you tell them what God has done in your life. And so that's what this whole series is about. And we're calling it Go Fish. Now, here we are. You know, we're starting. We're almost in the middle of summer, but we're starting summer out. Actually, has summer started yet? Doesn't it start like the 21st? Yes, yeah, so we haven't even started summer yet, although it feels like it. But what do, you, what do guys love to do really all times of the year, but especially summer, that's when you get out, you go drown a few worms, and you fish, because you usually don't catch anything. If you're me, you don't catch a whole lot. That's quite, quite called what? That's why it's called fishing and not catching. Fishing and not catching, exactly. But we've called this series Go Fish, because we come from the story where Jesus was, when he called the first disciples, he didn't, his promise to them was not if you follow me, I will give you a better life. 
If you follow me, I will make sure all the blessings that are there will, will be there for you. Now, these things come. We understand that. We've said that. Um, if you follow me, then you'll find the girl of your dreams. If you follow me, this will happen, that will happen. No, he said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. That's how he attracted the first disciples. When you read the story, I'm thinking, well, he didn't promise them anything. They didn't get a gold bracelet or anything like that. No, he pro yes, from Napoleon Dynamite. I love that movie. Um, he promised them that he would make them fishers of men. You like that, Allison? <laughs> I love that movie. I will make you fishers of men. And you know what they did? They dropped everything, the family business, and they went after God. They went after Jesus. They followed him because there was something that he was offering them that was huge purpose. And they would eventually learn what that was, and that was to be fishers of men and what all that involved uh, in their life. As we've talked through this series, we, we've said this, that Christian, Christianity, it's more than morality. Christianity is more than our behavior. Christianity is more than philosophy or values. Christianity is grounded in the person of Jesus Christ. All these things come along with it, right? We want, we want to understand morality according to the Word of God. How to, quote, act like a Christian. And what we mean by that is following God's Word, not man-made up type things, right? We understand all that. Uh, philosophy, uh, uh, theology. We, we need to understand all of these things. If we don't have sound theology, then we're not going to lead people correctly. So we understand that as well. But the reality of Christianity, it is, it is grounded in the person of Jesus Christ and who He is. We talk about Jesus because of what we have seen and heard. This is the life that I used to live, but then I found out, man, I have hope and I have purpose. And so I'm following this person of Jesus Christ. And people will not know unless we talk about him. Let me ask you, how did you find out about Jesus? Did it just appear to you? Just all of a sudden, hey, Jesus. Now, we have heard reports over in um, Niger, where Dean has been a couple of times, that there have been men and women who have had dreams in the middle of the night. And this vision comes to them of this person. And they recognize that it's something. And then someone comes along and begins talking about Jesus. And they say, I had a dream about that man. But what had to happen? They saw the picture, but then someone came along and told the story. How many of you are planning on going to Niger? Anybody? How many of you are planning? Allison, go. Yes, you've got one, Dean. Speaking of fishing, you just called Allison. She's going to Niger. But you are going to get up in the morning. Some of you are going on vacation. I understand that. Have fun. Um, but you're going to go to work. You're going to talk to your kids. You're going to see the neighbor. You're going to do this. I'm not sure what your plan is tomorrow. But God has a mission field that he has called you, you, you to. And there you can go fish, as we're talking scripturally, to, to go fish. People will not know him unless you talk about him. You did not know him until people talked to you about him. And let me say this um, to dads real quick. We have the biggest influence on the lives of our kids as well. So, so we, we can take that seriously. We can start there. Practice with your kids. It's awesome. They love you already. <laughs> We said this, fear keeps us from fishing, and even Peter denied knowing Jesus after he had followed him for, for so long. Well, here's where we're going today. The name of the title is 
fish guts. You see it up there? That's, that's just nasty. I don't care who you are. I've gone fishing a few times, and I've had the, the privilege of cleaning some fish. I say a privilege, right, because I'm feeding my family or whatever, feeding the men's group or whatever. But man, when it comes to the fish guts, I'm just like, you know, I mean, who wants those, right? People even eat those. No, they don't. We don't like to talk about fish guts, but we're not going to speak of that today. So when I say the title is fish guts, you may be thinking, yeah, Christianity can be messy at times. It can be nasty at times. That's not where we're going. Let me tell you where we're going today, okay? As a man who is raising two boys, Nathan, 15, and Gabriel, he's helping out Stasha today with the kids, 13, I want them to be somewhat I want them to be manly, not just somewhat manly. I, you know, I, I teach them things like proper gun use, right? We go out, we target practice. I don't want them to be afraid of that. So, plus it's some, you know, good father-son time where we get to just hang out and put holes in a target. Why do we do that? It's just fun. I mean, I don't know. It's just something we enjoy doing. Um, you know, I, I want to talk to my son about maybe even how he, how he dresses, how he talks, how he... Now, we're, we're, we're putting this off a little bit because he, he has no interest in dating. Thank God. Here, here's his thing on that. He says, Dad, why would I want to waste my money? <laughs> you keep that attitude, son. But I want to show him how to treat a lady by the way I treat his mother, right? And of course, the ladies here at the church as well. Um, you know, how, how you properly interact with, with ladies. I want to teach him all these things about masculinity. And one day we'll get him out on the motor. I've got to tell my motorcycle story, Mr. Stowe. We were out yesterday, Dean and Wyatt and myself. And guys, you have to understand, I haven't ridden. I'm not going to whine, Mr. Stowe. I haven't ridden in like seven years. But man, we got out there on the open road and Dean let me ride his second bike, I mean, Rachel's bike. It's not your second bike, it's Rachel's bike, right? So he let me on that. Now, my bike was not as powerful as their bike, but there's something about cranking down on the throttle. You're, you know, there's masculinity wrapped up in that. Just, and like I said, I didn't go near as fast as, and I'm not going to tell a story about how you guys almost wrecked, okay? I won't do that because you're going too fast in the mountains around the curves, which I didn't see because I was so far behind you. But <laughs> masculinity on a motorcycle. I want to I, I teach my kids about that. So here's what I'll say. Guys, I don't have the guts that you have to go as fast as you do because I haven't ridden in seven years. And even when I did ride, I didn't do that stuff. You know, I just, I just didn't. Uh, so I didn't have the guts to do it, what they did. Um, when I talked to Nathan about, you know, I don't know, some ride, riding roller coasters, you know, for the first time we went riding roller coasters. Son, are you going to have the guts to do it? So that's the kind of guts that we're talking. Are you following me? And it's a nasty, I don't like, it's a, it's a nasty word. I don't really like to think about it, but, but that's what we do. You don't have, you don't have the, you, in high school, what would you do? You don't have the guts to go talk to that girl. You know, you don't have the guts to go talk to, you know, whatever it is. That's the kind of guts we're talking about today. Dads, we want to push our boys toward masculinity. We want them to be strong, confident, winners. We want them to have the guts to be a man. We say things like, eat beef jerky, it'll put hair on your chest. You know, we, we want our guys just, that doesn't work. <laughs> just for the record and for the recording, that was Mike Voss who said it doesn't work. So we're talking about, not chest hair, Mike, we're talking about <laughs> having the guts to share our faith. <laughs> oh. 
The ones who denied Jesus in the Bible were the ones who eventually became strong enough to share their faith. They had the guts eventually to get there. I don't know where you are in your faith today, but maybe you're not one who is secure in sharing your faith. That's what this series is all about. We're developing the guts to be able to go out and share our faith. Here's the first point. Eat beef jerky. It won't, no, it's not the first point. The early Christians were willing to have the guts to share their faith. That was the early Christians. What we're going to do, we're going to pick up, pick up in the Bible in Acts chapter 4 where we left off last week, where the disciples were called before the leaders because they had healed a man in Jesus' name. You remember in Acts chapter 3 where they told the guy who was sitting begging at the gate, he was lame, they said, uh, he was asking for money. He said, we don't have any mon- money to give you, but what we do have we'll give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And Peter took him by the hands and lifted him up. And the Bible says the guy started walking, leaping and jumping and praising God, right? He was healed. I would be leaping and jumping, praising if I'd never been able to work before, uh, walk before. So here's what happened though. The religious leaders got mad at the disciples, at Peter and John, and they said, come on in here because what we're going to do is we're going to put you on trial. Why are you doing this? We've told you not to speak in this man Jesus' name. And what did Peter say? This, they asked him how they did this, all this kind of stuff. And Peter looked at them and, and what did he say? This man, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified whom you put to death, who is now risen, that's in whose name we have done this miracle here today. So this is where we're picking up the story here today. Uh, So they told him, you know what, don't ever preach in this man's name again. So Acts 4, uh, verse 23 is where we're going to be here. Now, as we're reading this, we're going to see where Peter is basically quoting from Psalm verses 2, 1, and 2. That's not on the screen, but if you want to write that down, and it may be in your footnotes in your Bible too, but um, Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2, we're going to see that this group of men, they understood that they were in the middle of history, okay? So let's pick this up here. As soon as they were freed, verse 23, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? So here's the psalm that they're quoting. Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and his Messiah. So here they're quoting something. They're quoting this verse from the Old Testament. Something is clicking in their head. Here's what they understood. That the leaders that Peter and John just came up against, they were the ones who had conspired against the Messiah that the writer in Psalm had talked about. So they were thinking, we are in the middle of biblical prophecy being fulfilled at this moment. Why are the nations so angry? Actually, it is up on the screen. I forgot that I had it put up there. Psalm 2.1. Why do they waste their time with feudal plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and his anointed one. You see, these leaders, they had come to a place, Peter and John, they had come to a place where they knew Scripture. They understood it. God is calling his church to understand the scriptures as we share our faith, that we may know the times. There's a Bible verse that talks about that, that you may know the times that you are in. 
We must understand the times that we are in. We must understand the, God, the, uh, the, the Word of God so that we can share because we are in a very strategic place in history. Matter of fact, anyone who's lived has been because we've been given a call and a purpose, Christians have, to share our faith. Peter and John and the others had the guts to confront the religious leaders. Somebody had talked to them. Jesus had talked to them. You've got to have the guts to share your faith, paraphrased. Let's keep going, verse 27. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. You see, they recognized that God was active among them regarding the prophecy. And these leaders that we just mentioned, the religious leaders who were against the gospel being spread, they were part of this psalm story. They were the ones who were against the Lord. Verse 28, But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. See, this wasn't a surprise to God that Peter and John and the disciples were going to face persecution, that they were going to face ridicule. He's not surprised that we will face most likely ridicule rather than persecution. We may face some of that, right? But he was totally aware, God was totally aware of that. Everything that they did was determined beforehand according to your will. There was something that Peter and John recognized. Wait a minute. The crucifixion, that was part of God's plan. God calling us here today, that was part of God's plan. You are part of, I want you to get a revelation today that you are part of God's plan in sharing the gospel story. You are. Even if you touch one life, you are part, part of that story. Dads, however many kids you have, that's your responsibility. Uh, I, I, I read a lot from Pastor Glenn Burris, who's the president of Foursquare. He tweets out and Facebooks out a lot of stuff. Um, but he talks often about his dad and just responsibilities that go along with that and encourages us. And so uh, just reading something about that this week. And, and I want to convey that as well. Dads, you have a huge responsibility. Do it well. They also understood that God's plan was in effect from the Garden of Gethsemane until now. So not only the crucifixion, but back it up just a little bit. Even praying in the garden. As they walked with Jesus, as they saw his miracles, as they heard about his birth, that how, it, how it fulfilled prophecy, they had an understanding that they were part of history. We are part of history, and we have to have the guts to share our faith. You see, before the realization, they didn't fully understand. They thought that God had, that the things were falling apart, when in reality, God had been working all along. Had Peter understood, this is, man, I heard this, and this was like piercing. Had Peter understood the importance of this moment where they were sharing their faith, where they were laying hands on the sick, where they were raising up people who were lame. Had Peter understood the reality of that and the fulfillment of that, he probably would never have denied Jesus. So here's my prayer. Lord, help me have understanding of the importance of the job that you've given me so that I won't deny you when the opportunity comes for me to share my faith. Because just as the early Christians were willing to have the guts to share their faith, 
God is calling us to have the guts to be willing to share our faith. What if ridicule, rejection, and persecution is part of God's plan for you? And can I tell you it is? Maybe not on the level that we see it in the Middle East, but it is part of the plan. You know, the church grew the most when the church was being persecuted. The churches around the world, you think of the church in China. It's an underground church for the most part. It is growing by leaps and bounds. Here in America, we have freedom to worship, which I'm so thankful for. But part of me thinks, Lord, can you bring a little bit of persecution to us? How could I say something like that? Because you look at... Yeah, I'm going to go here. You look at how many things take the place and the priority of meeting with God's people. Lord, would you bring us a little bit of persecution so that we understand the importance of the role that we have? That's a bold prayer. It really is. But when we understand our place in history, when we understand that really the the, the difference between people making heaven or not could be up to us? Now, do we save people? No, absolutely not. The Holy Spirit draws. Is God going to make a way? I, I believe He will. But am I going to be obedient to His Word? And I hope you hear that over and over and over from me. That we have the boldness to share our faith. Second point. Scripture and prophecy gave them the guts to petition God for help despite the persecution. So with this understanding, the believers finally made their request. So here goes their request in verse 29. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Here's another question that I just had as I was just reading that. Would we be more willing to suffer rejection or persecution or anything like that, you know, along those lines, if we saw people being healed? Would that be worth it? I think so. I think it would be. To see people set free, right? Now, does it necessarily take rejection and persecution? No, it doesn't necessarily take that. But what if it, am I willing to, to do that? Am I willing to put up with the laughter? Am I willing to put up with the, who do you think you are? Am I willing to do these things? Their request was made because they, again, recognized their place in biblical prophecy. Give us boldness despite the persecution. They didn't pray for the persecution to stop. Did you catch that in the prayer here? They didn't pray for it to stop. Instead, they prayed for boldness to preach and for wonders to be done through the name of Jesus. Do I pray for protection and no suffering? Or do I just pray for the guts to have boldness, to proclaim the name of Jesus? So that's what the disciples did. Scripture and prophecy gave them the guts to petition God's help despite persecution. You know who helped them with that? What are we talking about this year? Who are we talking about this year? The Holy Spirit, absolutely, gave them the boldness, gave them the peace, gave them the confidence. I can almost see Peter and John walking out from the religious leaders and thinking, What's the worst that happened? They just, they just told us not to preach in his name. 
so we're going to go do it anyway. We're, we're going to go do it. Now, I, <laughs> I know some of your personalities, okay? You're like rebels <laughs> with a cause, you know. And you don't mind going out and, uh, you know, just standing for whatever the truth is at that moment. There's, I, won't, I won't mention this family's name. But um, if you're on Facebook, you know. But they were at the beach, and they were having a good time, and there were some uh, teenagers who were doing, not their teenagers, the family I'm talking about, but they were doing backflips on the beach and front flips on the beach and tumbles and all this stuff. And this guy was there, and he basically got up from his place, and he told them to stop doing their tumbling because they were going to influence the other smaller children to do bad things on the beach. And so the end of this story that they wrote was on their little Facebook thing was the kids were apparently respectful, but they went back to flipping. They were on the beach, you know? What's the worst that can happen? People tell you, don't share your faith anymore. How can we not? How can we not share our faith? How can we not share who Jesus is? That's what we're talking about there. Do I have the, the guts, the boldness to pray? Number three, they accepted God's invitation to be players in the process with boldness. Um, how many of you played athletics in school or afterward or you've, you've played some things, right? Yeah, most, most people did. Even if you were just intramural things, you know, I, I played a little bit of baseball, um, did a whole lot of intramural, intramural stuff. By the way, I just got to throw this out there. Uh, I guess I'm patting myself on the back. Uh, in, in, in Bible college, um, we played intramural football. And I'll just say that we were champions that year. It was pretty exciting. Uh, we won. Um, somebody that you may or may not know may or may not have caught the winning touchdown in the end zone. <laughs> may or may not have. I'm not very athletic, okay? I'm not very athletic at all. But it's so much fun. What, what did I miss? Stasha. <laughs> no, but she could see a little bit better at the time, and she did break a girl's arm playing flag football. <laughs> you have to ask her about that. Not kidding. In, in Bible college, my wife broke a girl's arm. <laughs> so she's laying on the ground. She's like, my arm hurts really bad, this other girl. And Stasha's like, oh, get up and shake it off. You know? <laughs> Actually, the girl could have shaken it off. It was broken clean in two. <laughs> it's my wife. I mean, she couldn't see well enough to see that her arm was laid over, but saw well enough to find her and tackle her in flag football. Has nothing to do with the sermon. Stop. All right. They accepted God's invitation to be players in the process. Here's my point. I love to watch different... Now, I don't, I don't particularly like to watch on TV baseball. It can be boring. But when I go watch my kids play or when I'm playing softball or baseball, I love to do it. I want to be a player. You know, I want to be somebody who's out on the field, somebody who's, I, I just get much more enjoyment out of it than just sitting on the sidelines. God has invited us to be players in the process. Sonny, you'll notice I didn't say anything about soccer. I know better. <laughs> Acts 4.31 after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. It takes an infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm telling you what, if you've never been baptized, as Acts chapter 2 talks about, baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, maybe that's what we're missing in sharing our faith. You know, we believe, you, know, you can believe all, all these different things, what the Bible talks about. And, you know, well, if you baptize in the Holy Spirit, you do this, you speak in tongues, you do all these different things. And yes, but the primary purpose is to give you boldness. Power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses to me. See, up here on the wall, we have love, faith, and community. And, and the center here is community. And that's for aesthetics, I understand. But I'm glad that that's right in the middle of love and faith. Because it's, we, we love our community. We have faith that God can bring them to Jesus. And that's by no accident. God, make me a player in the process. And may I have boldness. The meeting place shook. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. Let me say what boldness is not. Boldness is not volume. I'm not a loud preacher, you know, I'm not. I, some people are and that's fine. I'm, I'm not criticizing that, but I'm just saying boldness is not volume. Boldness is not yelling, repent! No, it can be that, right? But that's not what boldness is. Boldness is having, let me use this word again, the guts to stand for Jesus when there is risk for rejection and persecution. Boldness is having the guts to speak up when the opportunity arises. You have been perfectly positioned in somebody's life. I want you to think about that, right? We don't have to go and seek out these people, although that's part of it as well. We're getting ready to head to Jamaica, and there's going to be some unsaved people we get to see. I'm excited about that, right? But you have been perfectly positioned in somebody's life. Who is it that is a close friend, a close relative, a close relative of yours that needs to hear the gospel? Boldness is having the guts to speak up when the opportunity arises. Back to verse 23 and 24, they said, Sovereign God, God is sovereign. You're active, you're working, and he's invited you to work with him. Wow, what do you do for a living? I work for God. That's exciting. Who says that? Not just preachers. <laughs> All of us who've been called by the name of Jesus Christ. You know, talk about climbing the corporate ladder. That's not a corporate ladder, but... What do you do for a living? I work for God. You can support that through Scripture. Let everything that you do bring glory to God, right? Work as unto the Lord. Be willing to add to your prayer. Enable me, enable me to speak your word with boldness. When you pray this prayer for boldness, you will become aware of opportunities. You will be forced to face the fear of telling your story and His story. Why should we be bold? Because God is sovereign. He has called you. He is working in the lives of people around you. He wants to use you. God is active in our world, and he has invited you to join him. Real quick, some of you have heard this story before, but in closing. My dad was a very intimidating person. Uh, I, I got to know him a little bit. You've heard me tell the story. I got to see him maybe once a year. And then the last few years of his life, five, six years, I didn't get to see him much at all. Um, but it was kind of, it, it could be scary talking to him, you know, because at any moment he could fly off the handle. 
um, especially, you know, he, my dad suffered, um, I guess it was PTSD and just several things Agent Orange caused in Vietnam, and um, his response to all that just wasn't, wasn't that great. But I can remember, see, I guess the boys were probably one in three, something like that, really, really little. And my dad was, we got a call, he was on his deathbed. Hadn't talked to him in five years, at least five years, um, just because he didn't want to talk to us. He was, he was angry. He was mad. And um, so I think my brother called me, let me know what was going on. So we knew what we had to do. We had to go down and talk to my dad. Let me say this. You're pretty humble when you're on your deathbed, okay? But for me and my brother, it was still intimidating. At least for me it was, you know. Pretty intimidating. But we knew what we had to do. You see, while my dad did not have us in his life, God had placed us in his life. He was our father. He wasn't much of a dad, but he was our father. And so we were able to go down. And you guys remember the story when Nathan was born, I called my dad. He didn't call back. And same with Gabe. But I was his son. I had to share my story. My dad knew about Jesus. He, he was raised in a godly home. But you know, on his deathbed, he couldn't talk a whole lot. and The cancer was pretty bad. But he saw his grandsons. He saw his two boys. And he gave his heart to Jesus. We were pretty scared. I was. I knew he couldn't do anything to us because he, he, was, he was sick. You have been perfectly placed. Who are you going to have the guts to tell the story to? Let's stand. <clears throat> See, all the stuff of his life didn't matter at that point. All the sin, all the rejection didn't matter. Because two boys were willing to go down and say, Dad, you've been placed in our life. We want to see you in heaven. And so we did what we had to do. Church, do what you have to do. God's called you. He's empowered you. And you can do it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Dean, I'm going to ask you to be ready to pray for some folks. I'll have to pray us out here today. Larry and Gail, would you come down here as well? Just to be ready to pray for folks today. Pat and Jen, if you could as well too. I want to invite you today. Um, or Matt, Jen's got to go work. <laughs> I want to invite you to... If you have not been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit to do that today, you're thinking, man, I'm lacking that boldness. As we dismiss today, I want you to come pray with either of these. Maybe you need something else. Maybe, you know, they're, they're available for that too. Um, but man, <laughs> think, of the, think of history that you get to participate in. That's awesome, isn't it? Amen. Dean, I'm going to have you pray us out here. Church family, I will see you at the back. Don't forget donuts with dad.
We can share some stories out there and have a donut. <laughs> It'll be good. But Stasha and I love you so much. Uh, dads, we honor you today. Have fun. Enjoy your families. Um, if you don't have your families here, you know, just have fun anyway. <laughs> Call them. Tell them you love them. If your dad's not here, just thank the Lord for them. Amen. Amen.